Hi, my name is Abi. Today, I've been given the opportunity to interview our school's principal, Dr. Myron. How are you doing today, Dr. Myron? I'm doing fine, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, thank you for taking time out of your day for this, and let's get into the questions. So I think the first question I wanted to ask is, what do you feel are your largest slash most important responsibilities as the principal of Milburn High School? Well, the most important responsibility I, I feel is to make sure the school is running efficiently for the students' um, point of view, for the faculty's point of view. You know, our number one goal is to educate students. So everything that we do is pretty much based on what will optimize teaching time and learning time. Mm -hmm. So by optimizing teaching time and learning time, are you just referring to like maximizing like the literal amount of time from like 41 to 43 minutes or do you mean like the quality? Well, um, there's certain things that I can have a direct impact on on a daily basis. For example, if we're running a special bell schedule that we actually are running tomorrow on that Friday, we want to make sure that by dismissing a little early does not affect the length of a class time. The instructional time, I'm fortunate that I can rely on our department chairs and um, curriculum leaders and teachers to organize their plans the way they um, feel is best suited to teach students. Mm -hmm. All right. And how do you think that block scheduling is going to help improve on this idea of like teaching time and teaching quality? Well, it, it certainly it's it will be a, a transition. But one of the things that will ha happen is that students will be able to concentrate on four cl classes a day rather than eight classes a day. Now the classes are longer, you know, and I know there's a little anxiousness about, gee, what does it feel like to be in a you know, an 82 minute period. Right now, students are going from a 41 minute period and they only have four minutes to pack up, sometimes, you know, travel across the building and then get to the other class in time. So it's not such a relaxing time. And then they start up with another 41 minute class. That type of hecticness we're hoping to eliminate. So it, in some sense, it's more of a relaxed atmosphere um, in one way but we're all going to have to make adjustments to see what's the most effective way to conduct an 82 minute class period all right that sounds good so on a more uh, like casual note so are there any like fun school spirit events that are planned for next year that are different from this year well to tell you the truth the answer is we have not been planning for next year um, very much you know this we're so busy now finishing up the school year. We have Battle of the Classes that we're just beginning, and next week everybody will be immersed in that. So we've talked a little bit about you know adjustments to, for example, pep rallies, adjustments to um, even the different events for Battle of the Classes. But at this point, we don't have something that says, oh, let's try something totally different. All right, yeah. And so as the principal of the school, what do you think is the biggest challenge you face? Well, one of the b biggest challenges just has to be 
trying to meet um, the unexpected. And you know, it's something students go through on a, you know, as part of life, part of what our staff and all adults go through. You can make all the plans you want, but things pop up um, that are just different. And you know, whether it's a teaching lesson, whether it's act different activities and you have to worry about whether it's outside or you're talking about um, tests and assessments, gee, the results aren't what people are hoping for. Everybody you know, has to take that feedback and tr try to determine, gee, what adjustments do you want to make in the future? All right. And all right, so then what is one thing you take pride in concerning our school and one thing that you really would like to improve going off of that idea of like improvement? Well, one thing that I think pride is, I think we offer a lot of opportunities for students. Um, you know, we, we can't direct every single aspect of their life, but we, I, li I like to think that students have the opportunity to find something that they want to focus on. Hopefully, part of that is a classroom, but there's also extracurricular activities, clubs, you know, the music, the arts, athletics, that I think is, you know, as important, if not more important, than any single fact that they're going to learn academically. So I think we, we foster um, student initiative, and from the very token of that phrase, um, a lot depends on how a student utilizes their time. You know, well, that's one of the reasons why we think that open lunch that we've been using for years now is, is a nice opportunity for students to make decisions. Um, in terms of challenges, things don't always go as planned. There's always disappointments going on and you'd like to um, help support anybody that's, that's struggling in one bit and maybe make sure that they realize you know, so you can't make any progress without going through some stumbling blocks. All right, yeah. Uh, so going off of that idea of like encouraging initiative, what do you think are some of your favorite student-led initiatives, just as like a personal opinion? I, I find so, and I really have to say this, so many of the things our students do that's kind of on their own. Sometimes it's in conjunction with it, an advisor um, or you know, some type of staff member but for example, last week, the actually I'm saying last week, this week, one night, uh, Mr. Jonah ran a, a dance um, concert in the cafeteria. You know, that was the first time we've done something like that. But we had, I'm going to say, about 30 students involved with that. That was really their initiative to kind of bring things together. And, you know, it's not a school-wide event. It typifies the type of opportunities I think that um, we, we try to make available for students. All right, so I know you were an MHS alumni yourself and you've also been a longtime faculty member, so how do you think the school has like, changed over the years and evolved? Okay. Um, that, that's a very broad question because so much of society has changed over the years. Um, I mean, there was a time when we were a three-year high school, grades 10 through 12, and the middle school was grades um, 
seven, eight, nine. So that, that that's a very um, superficial change there. We have, I think, in society, more and more students are involved in more and more activities than ever before. Um, college, college applications, um, at one time, if students were applying to four or five colleges, that was like the norm. Now, I, if I say students are applying to 20 colleges uh, at a time, that's a big change. But that means colleges have, you know, four or five times as many applications as they always do, um, or they always did in, in the past. So there's just so many different changes on things. Growing up yourself, um, you've been introduced to the term bullying. That was never officially um, defined before that. Um, that's only, that's kind of a recent event, and yet we always had code of conduct, which overlaps quite a bit. So it's, it's a, just a different world than it used to be. All right, and so you talked a lot about like a lot of people are sending many college applications and all, well, and that, yes. yeah, that that kind of relates back to the idea of stress. So how do you think that our school helps deal with stress? Because I know that we kind of have the stereotype of like high achieving culture and all that. Well, there's there's no doubt what you're saying um, is true, but it's very difficult to be high achieving and highly motivated without caring about something. And if you're, if you care, in the, whatever the activity is that you care about, and you're mentioning colleges right now, um, it could just be, you know, non-academic. You know, it could be the um, somebody playing the piano that is going to the concert. You care about something. There's a a level of stress um, or anxiousness because you want to perform as best you can. At some point. I think you need a self-satisfaction of knowing in whatever realm that you're talking about that you're doing the best that you can and things don't always go as planned. Um, I don't really understand this whole concept of stress because we, every day we go and, you know, we wake up and we want to achieve a lot of mini goals. You know, I'm not going to say that they're um, groundbreaking things. We, we tend to, you tend to, uh, to say college, but there's 4,000, at least 4,000 colleges out there. You're gonna get into a college, you know, may not be the college, you know, that you thought you um, might get into, but that's the same thing as, you know, you go into the job market, you don't always get the, the job that you first applied for. You have to be willing to adapt and to say, "Gee, there's other things out there besides, you know, what my ultimate, you know, my original goal was." So you ha you have to be able to to adjust a little bit. All right. So going with the idea of adaptation. Uh, so you know, over the past few years, I know there's been a lot of new technology and all coming out. Like for example, Power School and like uh, Go Guardian. I don't know how new they actually are, but how has the school been like incorporating technology into the curriculum and overall just into like student life? Well, yeah, Power, Power School's been with us for 15 years now. I mean, you know, we, being in high school, we were the, we had um, started adapting or adopting it, you know, a few years before the middle school did and the elementary schools did. But I think in general in um, society, between social media, be, be, uh, between 
any type of communication feature on with social media, you you get information in, in instantly. Again, to filter through the information is a challenge that pre-internet or you know, um, you know, even 20 years ago, people didn't have that type of challenge. Um, now you're constantly inundated with information almost instantaneously, and that's a, just so different than before. And maybe it adds to the feeling. Um, that gee, instant feedback sometimes is not um, beneficial, but yet we all embrace it. We want it. You know, we want to find the test scores back immediately. We want to, you know, if it's an application, you want to get find out the results immediately, and um, you're able to so much, but it means the emotions I think are instantaneous as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so our school, as you know, we evolve a lot and we adapt to situations. So, mm-hmm. of course, there's going to be, like, new policies, like block scheduling, for example, made. How can, like, students get involved in that kind of process? Like, even if it's just indirectly and just, like, with submitting, like, ideas and stuff. Um, I, I like the thing we have, you know, so many people they can go directly to and talk to, whether it's a guidance counselor um, who's, you know, we have administrators who are, I think, always present at lunchtime. There's emails. There, there's so many different ways. Um, we we tend to feel like we, we certainly have a, a decent number who give us feedback in one form or another. And then the others, I guess, maybe they're too shy, but then that, I would urge them to see their guidance counselor, see the nurse, see, uh, you know, other support people that we have in the building. All right, yeah. And uh, so how do you encourage a positive learning environment as the principal since you control a lot of things like the morning announcements and stuff? Well, part of it, I think, is by example. And we'll, you know, morning announcements, we never used the, my se- those 7 a.m. announcements until the pandemic when we were forced to. Now I find it's just a good way of sharing out some information um, and, you know, highlighting information that comes to me. Um, you know, as kind of an aside, I don't hear all the news of what's going on in school. I have a pretty good grasp of things, but s- sometimes just having that those announcements seems to encourage people to f- give me information that I can share out. All right, yeah. And so I want to ask one final question, but sure. I think this is already kind of went along with what we've been mm-hmm. talking about. What do you think overall is makes Milburn High School a special place? Well, I, I think the community um, really makes it something special. It, it starts, I'd like to think it starts at school and what we offer, but I don't know where it starts because our parent group is you know, highly educated and highly motivated and people's goals are higher here than most places. Um, you look around and you see people involved in so many different things that I, th- I imagine a lot of students feel like that's the norm. It's, it's norm in Milburn. It's not necessarily the norm in you know, other schools around this, the, the state. So you know, one of the benefits, I think, is that we have a, a community between parents, students, and faculty 
that just care about um, whatever their vision of excellence is or doing well, you know, excellence, I, I want to avoid making it sound like it's perfection, but people strive to do as best as they can. But that means they really have to learn to, you know, be satisfied with, you know, what their abilities to take them to and what um, the circumstances lend, lend it to. I mean, we go, going back to colleges, you can be the number one student in the country and get rejected at some colleges. You know, you have no control over certain things. Um, so that can't be what defines you as a person. You know, if you, if you come across a, a brick wall one place, then you've got to be able to find you know, another avenue that um, is just as rewarding. All right, yeah. So thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And this is Milburn Minutes signing off.